0: Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place we discuss all things USMT y la Selección mexicana. My name is Adrian. Joining me once again, is my co-host in Tocayo with his balloons there, Adrian. Adrian, what's up, man? How are you?
1: Dude, I'm barely waking up from that match. It was boring, boring as hell, man. Uh I that wasn't able to watch it uh, live, so I had to rewatch it. I guess or I guess to see the the re- the, the repeat. And golly, dude, it was hard to stay awake for that thing.
0: Yeah, as you guys know, if you you've been listening to this for a while, like we like to do our six things we learn, you know, usually right after the episode so we can get the best reactions and you know the best takeaways. But um, yeah, that one just we debated we should do a six <laughs> things we learned. Uh, you know, we 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 watched it, Adrian then watched a little late because he was busy this weekend, like he said. Um, but it just there was no had gotten us to do the six things we learned just because it was such a bad, bad match. But, um, even, even for these bad matches, there are, I guess, takeaways. And we're here to discuss the six key takeaways for, for, uh, United States versus Slovenia here during the, uh, January, 2024, uh, camp cupcake, uh, you know, something that's become a, a regular staple now against USMNT, uh, Years They always start the year with the, you know, the camp cupcake here that's become known. Um, Adrian, let's get into it, man. Like we said, uh, Slovenia won 1-0 after a very um, lackluster, a very uh, boring sleeper of a match. Um, uh, Greg Burhalter played 4-2-3-1. We'll go off reading his uh, starting 11 here. Uh, he put White at the front as the striker. Uh, Tillman, uh, not Malik Tillman, uh, his brother, making his debut uh, for the USMNT. Diego Luna, Camungo's midfielders, Attention, Morris, Aiden Morris there as the holding midfielders, and uh, DeJuan Jones, Miles Robinson, Sawatsky, and uh, Shaq Moore as the defenders with Schultz as the goalkeeper. Um, a lot of new names, Adrian. Um, a lot of... Uh, New, obviously, players making their uh, USMNT debut. We'll go into into, uh, more detail on that. But uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, I think this this one's going to be one with more negatives than than positives. And the first one I want to bring to your attention, man, and to our listeners' attention, US is now winless in their last six straight matches against European opposition. The last time the USMNT won against the Euro team was back against Bosnia and Herzegovina in uh, December 2021. What a stat, man
1: it's been a while dude it's been a while i mean and i mean if you if you put in consideration the last six matches so you have slovenia and then before that you had germany before that you had three matches in the okay sorry before that you had the the 2023 camp cupcake cup against slovakia Serbia, Serbia, serbia sorry serbia mm-hmm. um and then before that you had the three matches against european opposition at the world cup and for whatever reason not sure why but the European continent is not necessarily the best plate for the USMNT. I'm not yeah. sure if it has to do with, you know, the style of play or just because those European teams, I guess, are either at the level or a slightly above the USMNT. But goddamn, man. I mean, what is Triple G doing?
0: Yeah, they definitely seem to struggle. Um, you know, we, we know European Uh, teams are a lot more physical than the Latin american teams where Latin american teams are a lot more technical um and maybe that's what usmnt struggles against man uh you know being matched you know at physicality uh we know a lot of the usmnt players are you know bigger or not necessarily technically gifted but they make up for it with their speed or their strength their, their stature right and uh these european players germany uh they're gifted technically and you know strong fast uh, tall agile um same with uh you know who they played in the world cup england um uh, get wales etc netherlands um but uh yeah i mean just a very bad stat for triple g here um doesn't look good on him on his record and uh Granted, the Cap Cupcake after I can't even recall was Triple G still in charge of Cap Cupcake in 2023? No, I think Cap that was uh, BJ or Tonya Hudson. Tonya Hudson, yes, Tonya yeah. Hudson. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, other than that, the other five matches or four matches that he's been in charge of, and uh, yeah, un, unable to win since 2021. There, um, so yeah, Triple G. I mean, not not the best look for you, man.
1: I mean, if you if you want to make the jump into becoming a better national team, right? These are the kind of matches that you're gonna that you gotta own. And even if it's just, if it's a camp cupcake, right? Yeah, uh, bring a decent team and die of something, dude. Like, show up to the to the match and do at least the minimum.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't even like you're playing a, a, a superpower. You're playing Slovenia, and you're playing them at home. And what I've read, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Slovenian players. This Slovenia is like B and C team. It's not even their starters. It's nothing but uh, players from their league in Slovenia, not necessarily other leagues throughout Europe. So, I mean, okay, this is an MLS squad, but you would think an MLS squad would be able to beat or at least look better than they did against the Slovenia BFC team. So, disappointing uh, to say the least. That brings us on to our uh, another negative here that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with with this. Um, the USMNT should have used this opportunity to test out Olympic Under 23s, Uh, you know, the USA has finally qualified for Olympics here in in the summer for the first time since 2008, I believe. Um, And only five of the 11 starters were age eligible, you know, for the Olympics. As you know, Olympics are under 23 tournament with three um, over 23 players permitted on the squad. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, if if you want to make at least a make this this international break more useful and to get something out more out of it, to get, you know, more learning experience out of it or start prepping for that, uh, you know, use this opportunity. It's, it's not like you have a lot of opportunities to, to, to play these guys before the Olympics start. So use every, every chance you can. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, another, that's another negative, I think. I mean, he, 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 didn't make the most out of this opportunity to allow, you know, for, for the, for the summer plans. Right.
1: Is, is triple G coaching, uh, the, the Olympic team?
0: I believe that's how it works,
1: yeah. Really? All right. That's so, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, more to, more to add to your point, dude, it's like we often see a lot of criticisms on these January camps, right? These cupcake camps. And people often think, what's the purpose of this? What, what are you calling players that might not even have a chance to debut on the USMNT? Um, like you're, you're not even calling prospects that you're actually following on a daily basis or on a monthly basis to be as a backup for your B or A team, right? Make the best out of this. You have a a high, uh, you know, a very important competition, a high visibility competition, a competition that actually can put you in a spot to continue scouting players that might be good packups for your B and A team, yet you choose to grab players who have almost no chance to become a regular feat on the USMNT. Use this time to, you know, mesh with your under 23s maybe bring one or two uh, veterans so they can, you know, they can, I guess, set the tone or at least help you uh, convey the message of, hey, this is what the USMNT has for you if you commit to us, right? Or if you stick, you, you continue playing with us until the, your, um, I guess, uh, major team debut. But, you know, after this match, what, what can you make out of this? Even even the, those five, six players that were our, H uh, eligible to play for the U under twenty three. Um, was it really worth it to see them? Like, this, does this benefit their chances of being getting called up for that competition? Right. I anything mean, after that
0: performance, it probably worsens their chances. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> sorry, quick quick correction here. No, uh, Greg Berhalter. Obviously, he's he's in charge of the whole USMNT program, right? He's the head coach. But uh, the actual U twenty three Olympic coach is uh, Marco Mitrovic. He's a Serbian. Okay. Uh, gotcha. So. Yeah, so it wouldn't be triple G. Oh, but,
1: uh, he he is Serbian, huh?
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, definitely a waste of time here for for the for anybody that was trying to go to the Olympics uh, to really get uh, seen or perform because no one performed to the level that you know the USMNT fans expect. Yes. Um, a neutral here, I guess the only one that maybe performed decently enough um, was Diego Luna. Not the Star Wars actor, uh, but the Oluna, the player. Um, he had a decent match. Uh, obviously, you know he's the Russell Lake player, and uh, I think he he was the most lively player there on the pitch. Um, he was played on the left wing, but he had the opportunity to kind of go in as a number ten as well. And uh, he he looked the most lively um, during his time before he was subbed off. Uh, created the I guess the, the better chances at goal, better crosses, but uh, he wasn't really rewarded. None of his teammates, you know, were able to do anything with his chances created. So, I mean, Diego Luna, I guess, good job, man. You stood out, but it's like standing out amongst not a lot of not performers, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> like,
1: he, um, You know, sometimes they say you'd rather be the head of the lion rather than, uh, sorry, the, the tail of the lion rather than the head of the of the rat. I guess it sounds better in Spanish. <laughs> Mefere ser la cola de... Leon que cabeza de raton, something like that along those lines anyways but i think in this situation he's not even he's he's definitely not the tail of the lion nor the head of the rat <laughs> uh, so yeah it was i agree i mean what i was watching this match uh, i think in my mind there's no doubt that Diego Luna was the best player on the pitch there were a lot of pundits uh, claiming that this other player his name is uh what's his name uh Esmir Bashrak Tarevich I'm butchering his name, but <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people are saying that he was the actual you know standout of this camp cupcake and I I strongly disagree. Uh, you know I think Nebo Luna was definitely the best uh, on this disjointed team. I mean, I mean you notice it was really difficult to actually actually call them a team because they they just looked completely you know out of it, you know out of their element in a lot of ways. Um, do you know Diego Luna is uh, dual national? Um,
0: you know, I don't think so. I know he's Mexican. Well, like his parents or grandparents, I don't know how far back it goes. But uh, no, I mean, he was born in California and uh, I, he's no other team has expressed, uh, you know, brought, bring him to their youth yeah, team or anything.
1: This doesn't uh, cap him to the USMNT, right? Just in the event that maybe he has an outstanding MLS season this year, and for for whatever, you know, Mexico is definitely lacking players. So
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But uh nah, I mean, you know, he's always been with the under 18 or 17, 15, whatever video 17. It's hard to see him going anywhere. Uh he's going was, to Chivas, but, bro. He's going to Chivas, yeah, following Caballo Cal. <laughs> um the next negative here we have uh Camp Cupcake, man. Is this camp really needed at this point? Uh if you're not gonna use it as a chance to see your youngsters, if you're going to use it as a chance to just use MLS players and have them perform that bad, MLS players that probably won't ever even, at least these guys that he showed us, right, uh, will probably never even make it close to the B team, let alone the A team. Um, You're just, I mean, what's the point of this game? Uh, You know, they're playing San Antonio in front of 9,000 fans uh, before the NFL playoffs. So it's probably had, like, the least amount of coverage ever against a not- a uh, very marketable team in Slovenia, um, and then they lose 1-0. Uh, they probably need to start rethinking the the point of this uh, January
1: camp. Yes, sir. I mean, I, as we were discussing earlier on this on this episode is, you know, what's the purpose of this, right? Um, I think the USMNT, specifically the USSF, I guess, in this case, ought to take a, a step back and just, you know, look at this whole January camp uh, in a holistic way, and determine if it's really beneficial, right? And if it isn't, then we want to keep on going because it's a it's a way to increase popularity for the USMNT locally. Then let's make it something that actually captures the attention of the USMNT fan, right? Um, because I'm, I mean, the stadium wasn't even you know full in any way. Um, it it was. I think it was very difficult to see like any specific uh, PR uh, messages or like commercials or anything out there uh, letting us know that the, the game was, was going to happen. We knew because we follow the the USMNT, but if the, if the intention is not only to, you know, scout players, but also increase popularity locally with your fans, with your fan base here, then why not make it worth everyone's while, right? Uh, bring those prospects that are, you know, exciting to see. Make sure that you bring an opposition that, even if it's a B team, it will, you know, make the, the environment of the match more enticing to the fans. Like, I think it will be different um, if they were facing, you know, a B team uh, from Brazil or a B team from the Netherlands, B team from Spain. Something like along those lines, or even bring the a-, a team of Peru. I mean, or whatever team Peru can put together, right? Uh, but man, it's it's just difficult to to keep on, you know, supporting or keep on saying that yeah, this is a good a good choice or a good decision of of the USMNT. I, I it's it's just it's becoming harder and harder to stand behind this January camp.
0: For sure. I wonder, uh, to your point, if. They had made it in Austin instead of San Antonio if they would have gotten more coverage and more support out there during that Saturday morning. Um, As you know, obviously, San Antonio leans more green towards Mexico, a lot more. Um, Austin, you know, the USMNT has played there before and had a decent turnout in the past. Um, They have an MLS team, obviously, Austin. So uh, I wonder if that would have made a difference. But yeah, regardless, I mean, you know, lack of marketing, lack of... uh, Opposition, interest in opposition, lack of players that the USMNT brought along just didn't help out. And uh, Dude, really like, makes. Go
1: for bring a club, right? Bring Monterrey, bring Tigres. Something like that. Like a, that doesn't, you know, it just makes sense, especially if you're playing San Antonio. And I don't know if you, if you, if you look at the prices on those tickets, by all means, they weren't necessarily cheap. It was like right. 40 bucks per ticket. Hell, play so. Inter Miami. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> there we go. You know? Right. If, if, here, you know, someone has to send this to the USF or Triple G. Listen, listen, us out because we got big, idea, big ideas, dude, and we can save January <laughs> camp if you let us save January it.
0: camp. Hashtag <laughs> save January camp. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Moving on. Another negative here. Um. Shaq Moore. Uh. The the, uh. The right back. I was gonna say running back. The right back. I've been watching too much football. Um. He was horrible this match. I think he was the one player that uh. Obviously, a lot of players were horrible, but I think based off what we've seen Shaq Moore in the past do, uh, he was called up the World Cup. He played in the World Cup, so you'd expect him to be decent. He, you know, He's decent for Nashville. He played very bad this match. He was um, getting beat. He was getting uh, beat on the dribble. He was losing balls constantly. He was uh, not tracking back. Uh, Shaq Moore was just all over the place in in a, in a match where everyone was all over the place.
1: Did, didn't Triple G name Drop him as the I guess next in line to take Serginho the spot in the event that he's not available?
0: Did he? I mean, you yeah, have Scally. I mean, I don't know why you'd put this I, guy. I,
1: well, I I I I am pretty sure I read it somewhere. I, I saw it somewhere. Or maybe I saw like a quick interview of Triple G, but I'm pretty sure that he he said that he was a potential replacement for the Nations League matches coming up this year. But my guy, listen, this match did not help his case whatsoever. <laughs> if anything, it reminded him that, yes, please stick with Joe, Joe Scatley and find someone else because Shaq Moore is not your solution <laughs> right now.
0: Yeah, I think Shaq Moore peaked at the World Cup when he got those couple of minutes. And uh, that's going to be his story to tell his grandkids that, hey, I played at the World <laughs> Cup. And, uh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, from here, yeah, it's like he, if anything, he, he moved way down on the list now. Um, Precisely, yeah. and to wrap this one up man uh, I guess we always try to end it on a positive and you, there was no positives here though so we're ending it on a neutral 11 players made their debut um, will these I guess that's a positive I mean doubt any of them have a chance at the A team or B team uh, but uh, I guess it's always, always kind of nice to have a debut you saw 11 of them this weekend uh, <laughs> that neutral I guess struggling I, I, here I, man
1: I guess so like this is this is a, the, the best example of tying players to a national team just for tying players to a national team, right? You know, you, you're giving them a, a false sense that, hey, you might have a chance to play with Christian Pulisic or maybe go to a World Cup, right? But that's not the case. That's not going to happen. Like, you have a very strong A team and a B team. And on top of that, you know, they had to even defeat whoever is ahead of them on the C team because they're clearly not in contention for those spots so yes i guess if you want to look at numbers this is definitely a neutral thing or a positive in a way because you are increasing the roster of legible players for the usmnt but sometimes ain't about the quantity dude it's more about the quality for sure definitely good
0: good resumen there um and with that, that's kind of our resume and our summary of the six yeah. takeaways from this match. I mean, as you guys saw, we uh, we struggled to get this list together. We struggled to finish that match. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of y'all, USMT fans did as well. Um, maybe even changed the channel to watch the NFL playoffs that Saturday. But um, oh, yeah. Uh, Adrian, man, as you wrap up the six
1: things we learned, brother, where can our listeners find us, dude? They can always find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast on. Last but not least, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuroPincheVol. We post stuff every now and then.
0: Yeah, make sure to follow us. and Let us know in the comments below. Um, what did you guys think of this match? Did you even watch it? Did you watch it all the way? Was there any, you know player other than Diego Luna that you thought you know deserve maybe some accolades here. Um and uh yeah just let us know if your uh, your thoughts on the January uh, camp cupcake for sure for the USMNT. I'm definitely interested in uh interacting with you guys, listening to what you guys have to say there in the comments. Uh the ad man, another episode with you brother. Um see you in the next one. Always a pleasure, my friend. Like dude. See ya.